This show is part of the Planetside Podcast Network. For more information, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. And thank you for listening. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, where we discuss topics we believe deserve some critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at saythiscast. Also visit saythiscast.pinecast.co for previous episodes. When Obama won the 2008 election, I was a young 14-year-old living one block away from where he would eventually give his acceptance speech to a Grant Park packed to the brim full of Chicagoans bursting with pride over the election of our first black president. To this day, I vividly remember watching the votes come in and shouting with glee from my living room when he won. My family and I left our building and walked down the crowded city street where no car could get through for the amount of foot traffic that was there. All the while, watching people climb trees and raise their small children high over their heads just so they could sneak a peek at the man of the hour. I suppose it probably would have been cold, it was winter in Chicago, but I can't remember it feeling that way. But what I can remember, vividly, was the feeling of hope. A young black man with a beautiful black family had beaten the odds and won the position of the highest office in the land with the largest grassroots campaign to date. It was an unbelievable feeling that night. And the whole week after, whenever I saw a black person, we would share a kind of moment, punctuated by a murmured, we did it. But little did I know in 2008 that Obama was not the man that I thought he was, and his presidency would not be the great change that I thought it would be. In his tenure as president, Obama established himself as a true establishment Democrat. His corporate bailouts and hawkishness abroad betrayed the feeling of hope that he gave me as a child. His race didn't see him more forgiving to the victims of the system that he had grown up in. Black people still suffered under Obama, just the same as they had before. So, maybe I shouldn't have to say this. But when it comes to one's identity, it doesn't cement their importance to the political discourse, nor does it ensure that they understand on a systemic level what must be done to alleviate the unjust conditions of any given minority, not even their own. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, the podcast where we talk about some shit and... (laughs) um apply a more nuanced form of thinking one might say pragmatic form of thinking to the daily discourse which infects our every moment how are you doing genre i am in awe of that opening hallelujah (laughs) that is just uh it's this is a podcast about some shit (laughs) and then you do some highfalutin stuff and it's great (laughs) great all right well so what are we what are we talking about this this week well i have some fantastic news that we're all already aware of because Mm. it's a week after it came out (laughs) kamala harris is out kamala harris is she has suspended her campaign 
she is no longer here. There is one less Democratic candidate. We've gained two. So that's a net loss still. But this week we're going to be talking about the discourse surrounding Kamala Harris and more specifically when she's dropped out. Not because it's important in and of itself, but rather because it's important because it kind of alludes to a larger issue in today's politics. We're going to have the talk. Oh. The identity politics talk. Oh. We like to define terms here. So when I say identity politics, I'm going to be talking about two forms of it. There's actual identity politics, which is the suggestion that there is no way to understand a cohesive view of the world through one lens. So if I were to do an analysis of a political situation and I was a white dude and I didn't ask anybody else of any other identity like what their experience was, nor paid attention to their experience, I would have an incomplete idea of that event. This is where identity politics comes in. So the idea that in order to understand something, we must understand it from many different perspectives. That's right. Inversely, we have neoliberal identity politics, the perversion of the idea. The way that neoliberal identity politics works is this. Black people good. People of color in positions doing nothing to help the actual conditions of those uh, marginalized communities. Good. You know what will really help the plight of the average black person? More black CEOs. Or the first black president. But we'll get to that shortly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I do want to say, if you look back to our previous episode, how we use language on the left, we do go into identity politics in that episode as well. So... To talk about the connotations of what happened after Kamala Harris dropped out, we kind of have to discuss the events, which means that we're going to be getting to some Twitter discourse here. And everybody, just so we're being transparent, no, Twitter discourse doesn't really matter, but it does kind of give you a window into how people are thinking, and I think it's important. Yeah, especially the most vocal people. To start at the beginning, which is to say the end of Kamala's campaign. <laughs> <laughs> she dropped out and a leftists immediately started to celebrate there were some good memes somebody said that kamala's parents are gonna get thrown in jail for truancy <laughs> at the next debate <laughs> that was a good one it's, lots of really, really funny good. memes they're pretty fucking funny um that's one of my bullets here on my outline they're hilarious but as people were having kind of a celebration of this figure, Kamala, the uh, prosecutor, the person who executed a lot of different not-so-great policies on the communities on, of color in California. Put it lightly, yeah. The response to this from people a little bit closer to the center, we might say, was to kind of get upset. So... Black women, like a lot of black women, not all of them, obviously, I'm a black woman and I wasn't doing this. <laughs> um, and like, you know, white women allies, for the most part, started to talk about how it was really depressing to see that there were going to be no people of color at the next debate. Uh. And more specifically, that it was really a goddamn shame that um, Kamala wasn't going to be there because she really added something to the discourse, apparently. Wait, supposedly. I will get to that, too, in all due time. 
I mean, the, the, Tulsi Gabbard might still get in. There's a woman of color, right? There you go. I Tulsi can say Gabbard these things because adds... uh, we're we're very far apart, so she can't throw things at me, yeah. even though I deeply deserve it. <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard actually adds more to the discourse than Kamal. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Shit. We didn't say good things. God. <laughs> we didn't say good things at Yeah, him. just more interesting, Yeah, um, generally speaking, as a um, phenomena, let's say. So, the main complaint, or like the the heart and soul of the complaint from these women and allies were to the effect that, um, hey, it's really shitty that y'all are celebrating Kamala dropping out. There was this insinuation that there is something uniquely white about the people who lambasted her and like put her through the ringer in the press. If you were unaware, Kamala... Harris got fucking dragged in the press because of her kind of unimpressive record mm. on social justice. And I really can't say that it was undeserved. However, they bum rushed her. Right. Not dissimilar from the way they're bum rushing Pete Buttigieg or the way that we've been trying to bum rush Biden since the election cycle began, but neither here nor there. Mm. And that complaint right there that i'm talking about really bothered me a lot what that uh that that people were rushing her or yeah the complaint that people bum rushed her and that the insinuation that this was done by like white bernie supporters or something the one part that i will give them that it is really sad to see a black woman drop out like a qualified black woman drop out of the presidential race well bloomberg is still in yeah and fucking pete Buttigieg is like soaring in the polls that yeah is really a crying shame we'll get to what that changes god <laughs> oh mostly nothing <laughs> so before i start i want to be fair and i want to just say that kamala harris was not the worst candidate is not the worst candidate um but she for sure was not the best and so i'm just gonna have like a little Kamala Harris appreciation sesh real quick. So down. being a black woman who succeeded in an unprecedented way, both in the Senate and also as a attorney general in California, impressive, not a decision that I would make, but impressive. Her service in the Senate has been pretty good. Mm. After she stopped being a cop, she stopped being a cop in a really serious way. And that I think that we should recognize. She really took to her role as a senator. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. Especially yeah. during hearings. Uh, mm -hmm. She has been right out in front. Yeah. And that is really great. There is something really important about having a extra badass lawyer in these Senate hearings. So I really feel like she has a really good position within the Senate where she should stay forever. <laughs> but I mean, I'm yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to minimize... Her impressive accomplishments, nor am I trying to suggest that she was not qualified for the role of president. She surely was. Her policy position sucked ass. And that brings us to, like, you know. She was a good... She is one of the candidates that are in the Senate that should be in the Senate because they do a lot of good in that body. 
and they could rise to like a like a, a good amount of power in the Senate if they really wanted to instead of running for for office for the presidential office. She's one of those she's one of those senators and hopefully, you know, she can keep her seat. <laughs> yeah. But I hope that she can continue to do her good work. Mm. I don't want to minimize any of that. Right. But with all of that being said, that doesn't change the fact that Kamala was a pretty shit candidate. People went after Kamala Harris for her questionable record in history as a prosecutor, but like as much uh memeing about it being propaganda, she did do those things. Yeah. The strongest criticism of like the critiques of her record have been she was a black working working within a system and was doing the best that she can could within that system. Which I'm trying not to get very off topic. We have a lot of stuff to go down, but just yeah. really quick. When you are intensely rich and well-educated black woman, you stop being able to make that argument because you get to choose what you do to a certain degree. She could have been a defense attorney. Yeah. But anyways. I will say that there is another show. I mentioned this on the show be- on this show before called Worst Year Ever, and they're going through the histories and and backgrounds of each candidate. One of the things that she wanted to do was she wanted to be on the inside and change and make things better from within. Yeah. Eventually, you stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. At the you know, point- unless you're really, really, really into doing that, like that's your life's work. That doesn't seem like that's what she was doing. Yeah. You can do that in a lot of places. Yeah. If you're like, you know a um education student and you just graduated from undergrad or more realistically your ma- your master's program and you're going to go out to kind of a school that is not great in a bad neighborhood underfunded um overcrowded classrooms and then you go in there and you work for many years to do good and that good is done when like that's a situation where you can do good and that's almost impossible for a cop to do let alone yeah. the fucking <laughs> attorney general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't really have the leeway as the attorney general to not prosecute cases based upon their morality. But, you know, also her policy positions. Not great. Not great. Medicare not great for all? all? No. Mm-mm. Her prison reform strategy was fine. Warren and Bernie's are also fine. um she didn't understand the purpose of a wealth tax she thought that raising the tax rate on the extraordinarily wealthy would be enough however if you look at like there are graphs that will show you this at different times in history of the united states the tax rate for billionaires or like the equivalent of such accounting yeah, for inflation has like fluctuated a ton but the amount that they pay is incredibly static because they find ways to get around it given their monumental resources right. the only way to part them of their resources is to go straight for the accumulated assets not their income but the wealth that they have already accumulated because jesus christ yeah. so with all that said all cops are bastards oh. and good riddance the spiciest of takes for a huge number of the people who i've seen criticizing those who are celebrating the suspension of her campaign 
not many of them had her as their first choice. They didn't donate. They didn't even want her to win. So this had to happen at some point. She was losing support. She was losing support since debate two, which was months ago. Because we started to engage with her um, background. Yeah. But, like, as soon as you learn more about her, she she looked worse and worse. And Tulsi was like, she's a cop. And everybody was like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and all of the leftists were like, yeah, we were saying that. And then continued to say that, but with more eyes on it. So, you know, yeah. for a lot of these people, she wasn't their top candidate. So they're not upset about their first candidate being knocked out. So that brings up the question, what are they angry about? And I'm going to tell you. Oh, good. I know the answer. I was wondering. I am big brain. <laughs> so it's a damn shame that the only person of color who's qualified for the next Democratic debate is Andrew Yang, and we don't talk about the Republican plant. <laughs> so it really is kind of a damn shame that Andrew Yang is going to be the only person of color who's qualified for the next de Democratic debate, ignoring the plant, of course. <laughs> There is something that's really lost by the lack of Julian Castro's presence there. It's really a shame that he can't be there, and I guess... Yeah. Yeah, He. it's it's a damn shame that he's not in it. Yeah. It's, not, it's a damn shame that he's not in it. But the people who are upset about Kamala are also upset about it, but more upset about the fact that a black woman isn't on the stage when there's a black woman who's quite clearly more suited to the job than Pete Buttigieg, Biden, whose mind is clearly not well as much as I'm against armchair diagnosis. Yeah. And any of the billionaires that have absolutely nothing the fuck to do with politics. It's, it's terrible. It's awful. Yeah. But that's where my sympathies for these people end. They feel as though Kamala was singled out in a way that the other white men were not singled out for by leftists, the leftist meaning Bernie Sanders supporters who are social democrats, but that's neither here nor there. That's what they That's mean. a whole other thing, yeah. And the people who are upset about Kamala, they believe that just celebrating the fall of a black woman suggests that there's a bias that should be questioned by those who are expressing that joy. Now, this is dumb. Yeah, it is very dumb. I'm engaging in neoliberal identity politics here, but like I root for black women to an unusual degree. Before I out and out dismissed Kamala based on her record, I actually gave her a shot. I'm obviously not biased, but also I know personally a lot of the people on Twitter in my personal life who were memeing about Kamala dropping out, who don't like Kamala because she's a cop and don't like her bad, questionable record. It's not because they're necessarily racist or <laughs> misogynistic in any sort of, like, special way. Sometimes a black person isn't a good person. Yeah. Um, and they should be rightly dragged for that. Yeah. I mean... It happens. Kamala Harris was not and is not the great black hope. She's not going to pull the the blacks from their suffering and bring them into the new age of like afrofuturism Afro <laughs> endless prosperity she's not going to recreate wakanda etc etc she was not going to be the bringer of wakanda she's just the shitty politician yeah shooting for the sun like you do like you do but there is nothing 
groundbreaking about her platform. She didn't really deserve the amount of attention she was even getting. The reason why she had it was much the reason why Pete Buttigieg has the attention that he has. Because they're both members of marginalized communities in the United States. Now, granted, one far more than the other. But still, Pete's gay. Wait, what? Oh, God. (laughs) So Pete's gay. (laughs) Kamala's a black woman. Neither of their platforms are very good. But they get a ton of attention from neoliberals because they are those things. And how cute and clever and fun would it be to have our first black woman president? And how cute and clever would it be to have our first gay president? So I will push back a little bit on how uh, on on how much of her support came from just straight up like people thinking that is cute and clever. Though I, I will say that is a big, big part of it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I thought would push her over the top into like the upper tier, the upper echelon of the candidates was the way that she held herself, the way that she spoke on stage, the way that she could command attention to to what she was saying. That is, I always, I thought that was pretty, without thinking of a better word, presidential. Yeah. I thought that was... In, in this age of Trump and how a lot of candidates hold themselves, I thought that would be the thing that would push her up. Yeah. I didn't um, want her at all, but I thought that was going to, I thought she was going to take it. It really surprised me when she just started sinking. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't want to make it sound like I think that the majority of her support 100% was from the fact that she was a black woman because black women don't get that much support on a daily basis. Um, yeah. But it was meaningful to her, like, quote-unquote, woke followers. It was like 60%. Yeah. Like, ma- like <laughs> yeah. And the rest was the fact that, like, truly, she's quite presidential. Mm. She's a damn good politician. Yeah. And that's to be lauded in a certain respect. I'm not a huge fan of politicians, but still. But the final thing about why this is all very silly is... That there is absolutely nothing groundbreaking about Kamala's platform. There's nothing to set her aside from any amalgamation of, like, the candidates. Take a prison reform plan. There are other candidates who are doing as much, if not more. Take her health care bill. There are plenty of candidates who want more. John Delaney wants Medicare for all. <laughs> for Christ's sake. John, John Delaney. I does he real? I thought he wanted like the Medicare option. No, he um he wants Medicare for all. Yesterday, really. I, I I don't know if he'd call it Medicare for all, but yesterday he said <laughs> he put out a tweet that was like, Bernie and Warren are right when they say that we need universal health care, and uh, candidates Buttigieg and Biden aren't going far enough. Uh, the public wow. option will not help. Yeah, somebody replied wow, to that and was like, delayed. ha ha, shut the fuck up, nerd. Wait! <laughs> You're right! <laughs> I mean, broken clock. I know. I was like, this morning I read that and I was like, God, I want to shove him in a locker. He's right! <laughs> God, I want to let him out of a locker. <laughs> John Delaney's gonna save us. John Delaney wanted to help us with Medicare more than Kamala did. That's what Jesus I'm gonna say. Christ. So. 
or had a more sensible, has a more sensible plan right. than she did. So there's that. Truly, other than the color of her skin and her lip service to the plight of people of color at the debate, truly not a unique candidate. No. And quite pressingly, I don't know where these people have been that they would believe that leftists don't be dunking on all of those white boys. (laughs) My God, we hate Pete Buttigieg. Oh my God. We spend a very, like, just on Twitter, a lot of leftists spend a lot of time dunking on Pete Buttigieg for running the most dishonest and cynical campaign out of the entire field. Like, dude sucks. We hate him. We also hate Biden a whole lot. I mean, honestly, I was indifferent to Buttigieg for a long time. And then I just, I, I paid attention more. And then I'm like, oh, God, that he guy lies. Suck. I hate him. He lies Ugh. constantly. He's so fucking cynical. He just lies about the black support and also, like, throws us under the bus so he can yeah. play the fucking victim. Jesus. What is that? Such an asshole. It's like he, he hates black people, but not really. I don't he get it. It really confuses Indiana. me. Um, oh. that's all oh, I'm gonna yeah. say. That's right, I forgot. So, that's ludicrous. Leftists mm. hate them all. The only ones that, like, we kind of like are Castro, um, our, our man Bernie, and our lady Elizabeth Warren, for some of them. We accept her. That's pretty much, yeah. Th- those three. Those three. Like, those, those three those are the three. triumphant. And, y- and they still get shit from us, like- Oh, totally. There are some people who are like kind of like super deferent, like hyper deferential to Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. But like the idea that Warren was the only one getting it, it's laughable. (laughs) It's truly laughable. Now, in terms of more broadly, yeah, societal bias probably did factor into the way that the media portrayed Kamala, the constant alluding to her aggression or how she was really going after biden and such really digging into like the negative side of being Mm. quippy and clever in the way that kamala is that yeah any white dude could do and they wouldn't say a fucking word yeah that being said the white knighting for kamala harris is nothing short of neoliberal identity politics and by that i mean y'all wouldn't cape for her if she was a white person she has nothing super special The only thing, the only option that you have to look at this in terms of the support and the caping that is going on is the fact that this is a black woman. And I question that, considering that this is politics. Yeah. It's not entertainment. It's not sports ball. It's our lives. It is our lives and the society that we live in and the race of somebody's skin, as we learned from Obama does not necessarily mean that people of color, when elected to high offices, will automatically do things that benefit people of color. It's just not a thing. Wait, but I thought we we could. He said, yes, we can. We didn't? Did we not? He also said that the only candidate that he would work actively against was Bernie Sanders because he's not a Democrat. Yeah, he did. And Americans don't want revolution or real change. They want to return to the old days. He is... Actual uh, white liberal shit. He needs to not... He needs to... At all. 
love he needs to love Michelle and his two children mm-hmm. in retirement and never talk again. But it has been so disheartening to watch him. And yeah. in the in the climate where Hillary was trash, Obama was trash, I just really question the motives behind the people who are saying that Kamala had something special or added something special to the discourse. If you took all of Kamala's policies, just Kamala, and then put all of that on John Delaney. Oh, God. No one would care. Yeah. Like, all of Kamala's policies, all of that, on just on Bennett or Bullock or one of, uh, one of the many, many white guys that are going nowhere. If you just put those on a white guy, they would go nowhere yeah. at all. Exactly. In many respects, Pete Buttigieg's campaign and uh, policy positions are more progressive than hers. Mm. So what really is there other than the color of her skin? And my point is not that we shouldn't support people of color. However, when it comes to politics, and perhaps I shouldn't have to say this, the identity of the politician in question should not be the first thing on our minds, nor the second, or maybe even the third Maybe if it's a tiebreaker, you can factor it in. The majority of the analysis should probably be on if you trust them or if their policy positions are good or are they going to fill the office and be the are they going to be the president that you want? Are they going to bring about the change that you want? That's right. And frankly, I don't really think that many people thought Kamala was that. And yet, Kamala did have a fair amount of support. And I think that that's worth questioning. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) You feel better? Got it off my chest. I, I did it. All right, so after that whole thing. My therapy session. (laughs) Nick got it off her chest and everything's right in the world, but let's talk about some things that are making us happy and glad to be alive today. So Nick, what do you, what do you got? What do you got for me? Um, lay on the sunshine and, um, Pokemon sword and shield. The, the big gimmick of the um, generation is this thing called like gigantamaxing where like you take Pokemon and then they get big and then, like, some of them have special, like special looks, attacks, like and... special attacks, or like look different than their normal form. And Gigantamax Snorlax just came out. <gasps> and listen, he sleep and he has a bit, and like he has like a whole route on his stomach. It's it's really cool. And also, motherfucker Rex house. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Belly Drum. Ooh. The belly Snorlax has always been is, pretty strong. I know, but this takes it to another level. Like <laughs> there, there's a. I, I won't do this to y'all, but like he can eat the berry and like so. Belly drum makes him get real strong, but it like hurts him a lot. And he has an and he has an ability where he can like eat a berry and heal, and. Then he has a build where he can recycle the berry, so he has it again, so if you hit him, he can heal again. Well, 
in the Gigantamax one, instead of like taking a turn just to like recycle the berry, he can attack and also recycle the berry. And also it's a normal move, which means that it's super strong when he does it because he's also an incredible physical attacker. And I've just been wrecking shit uh, since I caught my five perfect IV boy named Slowbro this this uh afternoon i named him slow bro <laughs> nick what you are such a nerd <laughs> i know <laughs> but it makes me so happy i but know it's 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 nice <laughs> let's link the um image because really that's what i was saying i just oh, like the design there yeah if you didn't know obviously there's gonna be links to uh, all the stuff that we're talking about or or some of the stuff that we're talking about and this image because the Gigantamax Pokemon, like, some of them are adorably huge. God. <laughs> Fat Pikachu? Oh, Gen God. 1 Pikachu? <laughs> that, 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 like, egg bee or, or whatever? The yeah. little thing in the egg? She's like, and it's, like, 50 stories tall? Like, they, yeah, it didn't just... really work out the way that they thought it would. <laughs> yeah. Big Gen Mac, Gen 1 Pikachu. Um... Fluffy Eevee, big fluffy Eevee, long <gasps> meowth. Have you gotten your long meowth? We'll talk I, about this after we're done yeah, recording. Yeah, I, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My thing is that as of this recording, it is now December. Uh, it is after Thanksgiving, which means Christmas music. <sighs> I love Christmas music so much because it's just happy but not like saccharine happy if it's the right Christmas music. If you get those classical carols where it's just some dude that just loved him some Jesus like to a to a scary amount and he just <laughs> wanted to write music about it. It's the joy that comes out of the chords <laughs> and the and everything. It's just palpable. <laughs> That's kind of beautiful. That makes me like Christmas right? music more conceptually. Like, I'm oh, not yeah. sure if I can still stand to hear it, but, like, conceptually, that's so cute. The, I mean, <laughs> the, the thing is, like, um, I'm in a singing group, and I am, this is our 12th year, uh, and I'm, like, the only oh. original member left. Congratulations. Um, yeah, but I've always forced us to do Christmas carols every year. We go out on the street and we do carols. And we give to a uh, to a homeless shelter or a food bank or something like that. But the reason is because I I'm in an acapella group. I'm gonna hear these carols come hell or high water, and it's great because. And I will say that I'm one of the people that's like, oh, these new Christmas carols that weren't written two hundred years ago, pff, huh. disgusting. Jesus. Except for a couple. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I think that's more than Boomer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just want everybody to look up actual like Christmas carols, like not Jingle Bells, not All I Want for Christmas is You or whatever. I, I mean, that's Christmas one of the ones that are that are like you. awesome. I love that song. <laughs> if you don't like that song, you don't have a soul. Um, but uh, look up um, Carol of the Bells or Low Howl Rose or something like that. And really, really listen to the the tune and how the voices combine. And it, you can you'll feel this warmth, I think, 
at least I do. So enjoy yourself this this month. Uh, and um, I like I said, go go listen to some classical Christmas carols. Also, uh, uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol. You should watch that. That's a good one. Oh Anyways. God, yeah. We so did I won't it. sleep till Christmas. Love that song. Anyway, thank you so much for for listening to. I shouldn't have to say this. Um, we uh, put out our episodes every two weeks, so the second and the fourth Tuesday of every month. You can listen to them on saythiscast.pinecast.co. You can follow us at say this cast if you have any questions or comments if you want to clue me into some awesome christmas music you can email us that's say this cast at gmail.com and if you want to support the show we have a patreon that is patreon.com slash say this cast be really cool if you helped us out i need a mic stand <laughs> i got a lot of books stacked up <laughs> to give you the sound quality that you deserve damn straight <laughs> if you uh sign up just on the the five dollar level then you'll get a bunch of different stuff especially hearing the episode early um at higher levels you can vote on different topics you can suggest topics uh so check that out that's patreon.com slash say this cast surprise surprise and where can we find you online nicole well you can find me on twitter at jack of three trades and that's three is in the number you can find me on twitter at press start lock and you can follow me on twitch that is press start Morlock on twitch and every friday at 3 p.m and every monday at 11 p.m eastern time i uh, do a political chat on there streaming live so if you want to join in then we'd uh, be happy to have you it's a good time come through it is yeah Come on in uh, and hang out. All the music that is on the show is by Mustin, M-U-S-T-I-N. If you go to store.mustinenterprises.com, you'll be able to buy the theme song and the song that was under the story uh, for this episode. I Shouldn't Have to Say This is a collaboration between blackgirlgaming.com and Planetside Podcast. That is planetsidepodcasts.com. So it's a damn shame that the only person of color who's qualified for the next Democratic debate is Andrew Yang, and we don't talk about the Republican plant. (laughs) Tulsi Gabbard also technically counts, but we're talking about actual Democrats, so (laughs) that's a that's a shame. I agree. Um, Like as shallow as it is, I (laughs) you okay? (laughs) not the republican plan i'm not allowed to read about tulsi probably being a republican plant no that's it's it's funny because it's true